Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zelmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be talking with Dr. Rebecca Wyatt about concussion care and awareness. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They've greatly helped me and many others. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project. And I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Today, our guest is Dr. Rebecca Wyatt. And Rebecca is a physician specializing in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Michigan State University. She received a Bachelor of Science in Sports Medicine and Athletic Training from Central Michigan University in 2004 and her medical degree from MSU College of Osteopathic Medicine in 2008. Dr. Wyatt's residency training was completed in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Sparrow Hospital through MSU from 2008 to 2012, where she served as the chief resident during her last year of residency. She's an associate professor with the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Michigan State University School of Osteopathic Medicine, and it is a great privilege for her to be the medical director and part of the origami team. Origami Brain Injury Rehabilitation Center is a nonprofit organization located in Lansing, Michigan. Origami provides comprehensive rehabilitation care for survivors of brain injuries and their families. Through their compassionate and innovative service, Origami creates opportunity and transforms lives. So welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. So happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I am really excited about today's topic, concussion care and awareness. And, you know, I think it would be great just to start with you giving our listeners a little background of, you know, what brought you to the brain injury world? Yeah, so like you stated, I did my undergrad in sports medicine, so I worked with a lot of sports teams and did a lot of kind of concussion (laughs) sideline 
screening, um, and that's kind of where things started. And then when I went into medical school and continued on with physical medicine and rehab, one of the things that we really learn about is not just concussion, but more severe uh, traumatic brain injuries. And it was always a fascinating world for me and how our brains work and heal over time and how two people can have similar injuries but have very different outcomes. Mm-hmm. So true. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm really excited for today's topic because I, you know, whenever I speak, my takeaway, especially if it's to a non-medical or non-TBI community, um, my biggest takeaway is I always want to reinforce that a concussion is a brain injury. They're one in the same. And I feel like as a society, we have gotten so complacent with the term concussion. Um, you know, oh, he just got a. I mean, and that's what people even said to me. It's just a concussion. It's been six weeks. What's the big deal? Um, and, you know, even I didn't get it in the beginning. Like, what is wrong with me? I was told I have a concussion. Um, so I think, you know, I didn't even hear the term traumatic brain injury for like three or four weeks. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mean, are we doing a disservice to um, patients by, by just using the term concussion, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is a great question. So we in our field use concussion and mild traumatic brain injury interchangeably. Um, and that's just the way that it's been since I was, you know, in a, a resident and learning, you know, about this. And then I just saw that the CDC released a statement saying that concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury. Um, so I think that part of it is just that awareness and getting people to understand that it's not, you can't just say it's just a concussion. A concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury. Whether or not mild, there's a reason for the term mild, but um, in the way that they classify it. But mild doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get better tomorrow. There can be some right. pretty long-standing um, symptoms that happen with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mild, mild, moderate, and severe are terms used to identify it at onset, and it has no indication of your symptoms and your length of recovery. And I think that's, you know, I get it. The mild, moderate, severe are like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, like medical terms for the doctors to use. Um, and unfortunately, those get passed down to the patient. <laughs> You're told it's a mild brain injury. Well, there's really no such thing as a mild brain injury, right? Like, I mean, in theory. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Any injury to the brain is probably not mild. Exactly. And, you know, and I think if we're using, if we're saying you have, you know, a traumatic brain injury, no one's going to go, it's just a traumatic brain injury, right? Like, that just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> so it's like, I just, like, I get that concussion has been very misunderstood, right? And, and when people think of brain injury, traditionally, people think of the more severe, right? Maybe someone who can't Absolutely. really talk or walk or have, you know, may have lost use of a side of their body, Um and I think we're just now on that cusp of understanding, you know, concussion is brain injury. Um, and so I think that's 
a huge component of the awareness that's going on in the country and the world, right? So, yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And the more um, that this is brought into not only the state level, but a national level, the more um, people are recognizing it. They've got this, you know, different legislation for the schools. There's things that the schools have to do about concussion awareness, colleges, professional teams. The hard part is that we understand it with the sports population. Like when you hear concussion, mm-hmm. the first thing people think about is sports-related concussions because exactly. that's what we hear in the media. But really what we need that leap to be is from the sports to the general population because the leading cause of traumatic brain injury is falls. Right. So mm-hmm. Followed by, I believe, car accident is number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there are a significant amount of those sports-related, you know, injuries, but um, the population that I see tends to be more of the falls or motor vehicle accidents. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you you alluded to the CDC a bit earlier, and, um, you know, that's the funny thing of it all is that a concussion – the definition of a concussion is that it's a traumatic brain injury. And I think that's just the irony right there <laughs> that, that we've been yes. calling these two different things for so long when in reality, yeah, you're right. The same. <laughs> when you go to the CDC website and you look up what is a concussion, the very first sentence is a concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury <laughs> caused by, and then it mm-hmm. you know, goes on, but yep. Yep. A bump. Shoulder blow to the head. <laughs> yep, there you yeah. go. And and I think you know that might be a good segue into some of the the, the myths of brain uh, of brain injury, right? So like people think you have to lose consciousness, and you do not. Um, you know, you, they think you have to actually hit your head, and you don't. You know, it's just that forest right. of your head, especially like in a car accident. That forest of your body moving that whiplash motion um that's enough to make yeah. your 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 brain impact with your skull um and that's pretty powerful when you think about that right like what's happening inside your head yeah and it's not even just the acceleration and deceleration that's what most people you mentioned whiplash most people think about when you're in a car you know accident you're being hit you know either from the front or the back and you're going forward and backwards but there's also rotational forces um, that can cause uh, brain injury as well. And what would some examples of that be? So like if you got T-boned, um, so mm-hmm. you got hit on the driver's side or passenger side, you know, just that kind of rotational force. Um, so you're not necessarily going back and forward. Um, also, you know, you see it a lot with sports, We'll go back to that. You know, when somebody's being tackled, you know, maybe they didn't actually get hit in the head, but, you know, how they got hit and how they got taken down, you know, gives that rotational force in the brain. We just had, it was just on the news again last night. Um, We had a high school student here in Minnesota. Um, He's in critical condition. He um, was playing football and he came off the field and said he just didn't feel right. Well, it turned out he had a brain bleed. And the coach and, you know, everybody's saying, well, he didn't even take a hard hit. You know, we don't even, we don't understand. And it's like, 
Oh my gosh. Like, so they were showing some of the footage of the, of the minutes before he went off the field. And um, I mean, I can see it. He got, you know, he got hit by like three players from three different directions. Right. Like that's that rotational force you're talking about. And it's just the awareness that we need people to understand. Like you don't have to hit your head. It doesn't have to be a hard hit. I know someone who, they were playing with their two-year-old and they butted heads and she had a pretty significant brain injury just from headbutting her daughter. Right. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a profound hit. No, it doesn't. Um, and you're right. That is part of the awareness is you don't necessarily have to hit your head. It's any type of, you know, force to the brain, whether it's um, the rotational force or jolt um, that, has your head moving in any type of direction can cause a brain injury. And some of them, you know, can be more severe with what you would think of a, maybe a less impact um, mm-hmm. than somebody who might have gotten hit harder and they don't have, you know, like brain bleeding or something like that. Um, but you just, you can't tell. By looking at somebody and how they got hit, I couldn't say that this person's going to have a more severe brain injury than, you know, person B. Yeah. And and I get that that's what's so complicated for doctors, especially general physicians. You know, that's usually the first person you're going to go to. And and I get it that it's so complicated and complex. You know, like, I don't understand. You fell down the stairs and landed on your butt. You didn't hit your head. I don't under, you don't you can't possibly have a concussion. Right. And it's just like, right. no, that's exactly how you can get a concussion. So. Um, I get it that, that it is very complex. And I think, I think, you know, we're starting to see that shift. I think people are starting to take it more seriously. Um, I've stumbled upon some like chat rooms with physicians and, and psychologists and they're like, Oh, everybody thinks they have a concussion. And Oh my God, everybody thinks that they have a concussion or brain injury. And I'm like, well, you know, I think it's always been there, right? Like we're just so much more aware of it. And we're doing a better job of identifying it now. I, I agree with that. I think these are things that have been happening for a long period of time. And the people who sought out treatment were those individuals who it was seeming to take a long time to improve. Um, but then they would get misdiagnosed as maybe having migraine headaches or um, vestibular dysfunction and wasn't actually being correlated with the fact that they had this brain injury. Mm-hmm. And now that people are becoming more aware of what a brain injury is or a concussion is and um, the different forces that are, you know, generate a concussion and the symptoms that go along with it, I think that's where we're seeing a lot more of these individuals coming out and saying, hey, just so you know, this is what happened and now I'm having these symptoms. And then they finally get that diagnosis of a concussion. But unfortunately, I'm going to tell you right now, in the ER, they still have a hard time with diagnosing (laughs) concussion. I mean, people will come in from motor vehicle accidents and they'll be throwing up and, you know, whatever. And somehow throughout their hospital stay until we see them, there's no diagnosis of head injury. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, it's still, it's emerging. It's definitely emerging, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a long way to go, um, but we've come a long way. Just, I mean, I've only been in the world for 
four and a half years, you know? Um, and just in those years that I've been involved, I mean, it's been significantly um, increased awareness. So that makes me feel very hopeful for the future of brain injury, right? <laughs> Absolutely. The other myth um, that I like to talk about is that people feel like if you have a concussion, you should have symptoms immediately, and uh, that's yeah. not the case. A lot of times the symptoms don't show up for, you know, a day or two or three later, um, and I think that's a lot of times why concussions either get misdiagnosed or not diagnosed at all, mm-hmm. is they're not really associating the two together. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, when you were talking about the ER, oftentimes, you know, people don't have symptoms yet, or, you know, they have that adrenaline rush going on, um, your body's, you know, reaction to an accident. And um, I think often they don't even know that they're hurt or that they have the symptoms. And like you said, a couple of days or even a couple of weeks can go by and they're like, what the heck is wrong with me? Right. You know, for me, yeah. when I fell, I knew right away I wasn't okay. I, I didn't know the extent of that. I wasn't okay. But when I got up, I had excruciating pain in my head and I couldn't quite see right. So like I knew something was wrong, right? Um, but as the week <laughs> went by, you know, I started getting dizzy and all these other symptoms started piling on it. And it's like, what the heck is going on, right? Like it's it's really scary. Um, yeah, it's it's such a such an in- interesting journey, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah, for an individual who's never suffered a concussion or a head injury, but I, you know, I work in that field and I see what people are saying. The hard part is, is they from the outside look normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the symptoms that they're feeling, I don't know until they tell me. And it's hard sometimes for people to explain what's actually going on. They have a hard time formulating uh, the words and expressing how they feel. Um, which can sometimes, as from a clinician standpoint, make it challenging to help those individuals um, when they don't know how to tell me how they're hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and and so you know, let's maybe jump to the care component um, of your topic today, and you know, so someone who has had an injury but doesn't know what's wrong with them, you know, they haven't been diagnosed. Um, you know, what, what's that first step for the person um, who, who knows something's not right, but the doctors either aren't helping them or they're telling, because unfortunately they're told far too often, oh, this can't possibly be from a concussion. This, this, you know, this is psychological, right? Like I I was told that, I mean, like of my group of 10,000 people, like 9,000 of us have been told that. Um, So what's the first step for someone who is trying to make sense of all of this? So a lot of it is going to be having them being their own advocate um, and finding resources in their area. Unfortunately, it's hard when the primary team is struggling to make sense of what's going on and, you know, um, In our area, we're pretty fortunate that when people 
start to have these symptoms where they're, you know, not getting better, we tend to get a lot of those referrals, send them to origami and see if they can make this person make sense of their symptoms, make this person better. Um, so they end up here, which works for us because yeah. we can help them. Um, if they're, you know, everybody's always entitled to a second opinion. Um, and I think yes. that people are afraid to do that. Um, they don't want to step on people's toes. They don't want to hurt their, you know, physician's feelings because they've been, you know, with the provider for a long period of time. Um, and, and I understand that to a degree, but at the same time, you have to be looking out for yourself. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And so kind of, I would encourage, you know, PM&R, physical medicine and rehab, which is what I do. You know, this is kind of one of the things that um, we really take charge with. Um, and I know that in some areas it's more neurology that does. So finding one of those providers, um, either physical medicine, rehab, or neurology, who knows about it and can help is kind of that first step. And sometimes you have to ask your primary um, physician for a referral, say, I would like a referral to neurology or to physical medicine and rehab so I can get looked at to make sure there's nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, for me, unfortunately, I, I was well, I was eventually at about eight weeks sent to the neurologist. Um, but the neurologist, I mean, I told her everything I was complaining about, and all she seemed to care about was my neck. <laughs> and I was like, um, "Aren't you a brain doctor?" Um, See, so and and again, I hear that far too often too that neurologists kind of just miss um, concussion symptoms. Um, so I think. Honestly, in, in 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 the journey I've taken and the people I've met, I think the best person to get to is PT. The PT yeah. seem to be able to hone in on it and like, oh, you have a brain injury. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> like, that's just something I've observed, you know, in talking with hundreds of people. Um, it seems like the PTs are sometimes the ones who figure it out. And I know at origami, your PTs are fantastic and they definitely do figure it out. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's going to be the good and the bad in every single physician out there. Right. So, um, oh, absolutely. but it's, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's continuing to advocate for yourself and continuing. And that's the to biggest ask. thing is advocating. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I, I understand it is a, a trying process. You're dealing with all of these symptoms. You're not feeling well. You're tired. Um, so I understand that it's hard, especially, you know, if you're unable to perform your everyday activities and then you have work on top of that. And, you know, how do you manage that whole system? It, it, it's challenging. Like I said, in our area, we're pretty fortunate because we have a fairly large awareness of um, brain injury. Um, And so the clinicians in our area are pretty good about it, but it's more of that national awareness Uh that we're working towards to be able to get. But I will say on that note that I've been going to conferences for a long time now, and every conference I've gone to recently, there's always several lectures about concussion, concussion awareness, concussion management, concussion. and I realize concussion is mild brain injury, um, but those are the topics that they're talking about. So it is becoming, you know, more um, present as far as people trying to understand. So um, there's a huge um, conference for osteopathic uh, physicians 
uh, just recently, and there were several topics on concussion um, that was in conjunction with primary care. So I thought that was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. That's always awesome to hear. And, you know, I, I was recently at a conference this past summer, and I can't remember, I think, so it was geared towards more like athletic trainers and PTs. Um, and this gentleman got up and he was speaking about headaches. And he's like, let's just start calling these headaches or no, how did he word it? Basically, so he's talking about concussions, right? It was a concussion symposium. And he's like, let's start, mm-hmm. concu- start calling this what it really is. And I was like sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, yes, he's going to say brain injury. And he's like, they're post-concussion headaches. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> like, I was like, I thought for sure he was going to say, let's start calling them brain injuries and no <laughs> post-concussion headache and I was like oh dang it like you know um <laughs> and it's so interesting to me when you're in different crowds of people like I go to all different kinds of conferences and you can tell some of the groups are much more uncomfortable calling a concussion a brain injury and other groups of, of providers are are totally like, oh, yeah, this is total, a concussion is a brain injury, right? So, I, you know, I think that that awareness has to change, too, within the medical community. I, I agree. And hopefully it will um, as time goes on. And I know that the guidelines and for classifying are changing. And so this is kind of an evolving system that we're working with. Um, but it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it makes me happy seeing, um, you know, the CDC just came out with some new guidelines for pediatric and, you know, I feel like um, the CDC is finally really starting to pick it up and bring it to, I I feel like we were a little outdated for a while. Right. And I feel like (laughs) they're now bringing us to, you know, we still might be only at like 2010, <laughs> but we're getting a lot closer <laughs> than we were. <laughs> and I get it. Things take time, especially when you're moving through the government system. Right. I get it. But um, yeah. I think that with the CDC um, leading the charge, I think that that's going to help, too. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I know that one of the things that I really need to see happen, even with the CDC, is that transition from sports to the general public. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, So, Rebecca, we're getting down to the final five minutes here, and I just want to make sure, um, is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure we talked about? Um, yeah, one of the things that we didn't talk about is, you know, there are several myths that are related to concussion and head injury. And one of them is that if somebody has suffered a concussion, that they should stay awake or you need to wake them up every hour. That's not the case. Um, I didn't realize that people were still doing this, but I heard this from somebody recently and I was like, no, please stop doing that. Let them sleep. Um, and I think, (laughs) yeah, that's not good. Don't do that. Um, but then also the other thing is, you know, there, there are still some physicians out there who believe that after having a head injury, you have to have complete rest, 
no real physical activity for one to two weeks, stay in a dark room. And now the research is showing that that's not appropriate. Um, you know, you have to have what they call relative rest for the first, you know, one to three days. And then you need to start kind of getting your life back together and start doing things slowly. I mean, obviously don't jump right back into it, but those are like the two big things that, you know, we need to kind of start doing. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, even, um, mine was only four years ago, right? And I was told, absolutely no no stimulation no tv no phone no music no books nothing for two weeks um and then i was also told you know to um i mean mine happened in the morning so i was told just to have someone check on me every hour and i didn't i didn't necessarily go to sleep i was kind of scared to go to sleep anyway (laughs) um right you know that was still that was what i was told um and I had another point and I kind of lost it. Um, but you know, the, and, Oh, I know what I was going to say. And the, the getting back to activity though, you know, it is, it's, it's do activities that don't trigger your symptoms. I know for me though, like I pretty much couldn't do anything. I had a lot of physical on top of my, my brain injury as well. And I know for me, it was like, I literally couldn't do anything. Like, bringing my groceries in from the car. I had to lay down and take a nap. <laughs> um, so, you know, don't, I, I want people to understand, like, we're not saying you should be able to go out and run two miles, right? Like, no, go for a walk, not. go for like a 10 minute walk and see how that feels. Right. Um, but and, you should yeah, try I mean, to get back into activity. Yeah. And when I say get back into activity, like you said, you know, don't go out and run two miles, but you know, it's okay to get up and do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to yeah. get up and you know yeah. do laundry. You don't just have to lay on the couch in a, you know, dark room and, you know, no TV on or I mean, you can start to bring back in some of that stimulation and start to do some kind of light activity. And then over time as symptoms start to improve, then you can start kind of ramping up some of that activity. Um, but yeah, not doing anything for two weeks is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I know, um, they're encouraging, uh, like students to try and start doing their homework after, you know, two, three days of rest, then start trying to do some of their homework. Um, you know, they might not be able to do all of it, but at least start trying to do your homework again and yep. your assignments. Yeah. And getting reacclimated. Yep, and again, exactly. everyone's different, you know, like we said earlier, you could have a seemingly innocent injury, but have really devastating effects from it and vice versa. You could have a very serious injury, but yet seemingly they recover quicker. Like it, there's just no rhyme or reason. And um, that's what's really the frustrating part of brain injury. I will agree with that statement completely. <laughs> Well, Dr. Wyatt, thank you so much for being here today. This is such great information. Um, I just thank you and everyone at Origami. Um, You guys have been just fabulous guests and full of amazing information. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you got some great insight today with Dr. Wyatt. 
And just a reminder, you can catch all of our previous podcasts at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And another thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology Center. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. They are the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you next time.